0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Walk Show Podcast, where we explore the walk of life. This is your host, Walker Near. As we continue to reach new milestones with The Walk Show, I just want to thank you again for all your support. Uh, as I've mentioned before, we've been listened to all over the United States, as well as in 40 countries around the world. Um, I just think it's really exciting to be able to, to share the stories that we we do uh, with, with folks, again, from, from literally everywhere on the planet. It really does matter to to have you guys share the episodes and, and, and tell your friends and family about it again. I don't you know make any money, at least <laughs> as of yet, with the walk shows, so the marketing budget is, shall we say, limited. Um, so the word of mouth really does go a long way and really does mean a lot, so I, I really appreciate that. This week, we have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. Audra and I have had some wonderful times together, and she is just one of my absolute favorite people uh, in the whole world. Audra has been a dog mom for many years to some of my favorite pups, uh, who I've talked about in All the Dogs I've Loved Before, which is an episode early on in the Walk Show, so you're welcome to go check that out. But yeah, in 2018, Audra and her husband decided to take a a pretty significant leap and and actually adopted a baby. Uh, Audra is a very driven person who's invested an enormous amount of time, money, and passion into her career. Well, late in 2019, so not quite a, a year into to being a mom, uh, Audra decided that at the very least she was going to be suspending her career for the time being uh, so that she can be a full-time mom with her son. I wanted to talk to Audra about what the adoption process looked like, uh, what it's like to, to be a new mom, and then you know how it's been going since she's gone full-time mommy. Of course, we also share some stories you know, from our shenanigans together as well. I couldn't be more excited to have Audra on the show. As always, the music for today's episode is provided by Misha Zarin. So thank you, Misha, uh, for providing the music. And guys, if you like the music you're hearing from Misha, which I don't know how you couldn't, I, I really encourage you to go check out his SoundCloud. Uh, we've got the link to that in the the show notes on every episode. Uh, and you can always also email me, Walker at the Walk Show Podcast, and I'd be happy to, to send you links or anything like that. But uh, Misha really puts a lot of work into the music, and I personally just absolutely love it. Um, so again, thank you so much, Misha. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Audrey. How you doing?
1: Hey, good.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I definitely refer to you on my show quite a bit. Um, typically is my friends who now live in Kansas city. It's kind of like, like if we, if we assume for a moment that I was famous, right. And that this show is just <laughs> a huge deal. This is kind of like a reveal moment, you know? So, yeah. Um, but for the dozens of people who are invested right now, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so Audra, I have known you, man, I don't know how long. It's been an exceptionally long time. Um,
1: yeah, probably like 15 years. Like Yeah, 15, I was going to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a hot one. Um, so I've known you yeah, through it for a, a long time, and, and I, I think it's our friend. I think Matt Ziegler is our common connection where we originally, is originally the yep. person, and he yep. was on the show, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Um but anyway so I wanted to have you on uh, as a you're one of my favorite people and I like to talk to my favorite people so that's enjoyable um but you also are a person who owns um, no offense to many other dogs um, but <laughs> some of my favorite dogs that I've ever known uh-huh which are go ahead
1: she, I mean she was like one of your first podcast like not the first but like yeah. one of the first ones that i listened to hazelnut got a shout out
0: correct correct yeah and that is that is yeah that is the basset hounds um yep. so you've had you've had hazelnut currently and then back in the day um when we used to hang out before you moved to kansas City, you had molasses yep um so hazelnut and molasses are two of the silliest creatures that i've ever encountered how much does hazelnut weigh just ballpark.
1: So she's lost some
0: weight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she's probably seventy pounds. Now okay. she is a part Eurobasset. Mm-hmm. And they are a little bit bigger. Mm. So she's maybe two or three pounds overweight for her breed.
0: Okay. And she's she's how tall, you'd say?
1: Oh, like four inches.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. so, <laughs> yeah. So four, just not five. Four. Like, I'll, I will send you pictures. Four. You can
1: put them. You can put them in the show notes. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we'll start there. So, how did you? How did you come to be a basset hound owner? Did you? Was that? Did you grow up with basset hounds? Or?
1: Yeah, I did. So I had a basset. I mean. Probably I've had basset since I was like 6. Oh wow. Yeah. So, I mean there was a pause. You know, when I was like going to college and all that, but mm-hmm. uh, yes yeah, so my my first basset was sugar and then there was molasses and then mm-hmm. hazelnut. Like all uh, all like spices.
0: Right sweet <laughs> spices
1: yeah sweet like food ingredients
0: <laughs>
1: so uh yeah
0: have you ever owned any other kind of dog i guess you have crinkles
1: yeah so. i had crinkles and she was a sharpay mixed okay. with uh i don't i don't know what but
0: wait and then, a is crink still around
1: no she passed away she was 16 though really had, like, yeah
0: i had no idea oh really oh my god Horrible, ready. Right? Yeah, I didn't know. I knew oh, about Twinkie yeah. the cat, but I mean that's old news. <laughs> yeah. Twinkie uh, was old news for the last <laughs> thirty years of her life. My God.
1: <laughs> oh Twinkie, yeah. Yeah. That cat.
0: Twinkie was in the civil rights movement. So Dude,
1: she was the White Walker. It's like <laughs> that cat's never gonna fucking die.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I didn't know. Well, I'm, I mean, it sounds like it, like, you know, it's something that's not super fresh cause I didn't,
1: yeah, it, was like, it was, in, it was, it was in just, De- yeah, no, it was in December. It was okay. ti- like, it was time. Like she was, sure. she had a long life, you know, she was 16 and it was, it super sucked. But, um, yeah. yeah so now, now it's just hazelnut. I see. I thought about getting a puppy, like for one minute and then i was like that's a terrible idea what am i thinking
0: sure sure like
1: a like a basset puppy they're super adorable but um they're a lot
0: one of the greatest days of my life would be when you and uh your husband josh another great friend of mine but who uh you guys allowed me to come along with you to pick up hazelnut whenever you purchased her when she was a puppy.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, which I talked about a little bit on that episode you referred to earlier. To all the dogs I've loved before is the name of that episode for anyone curious. Um, but yeah, you let me go out with you, and there was just there was like a pen with like I mean, like a, when I say pen, I mean like a yard, you know, like a fenced right. area with like I don't know six or eight Basset Hound puppies that yep. all can't even. They step on their ears every time they step. Yep. Oh my God, so insane. So they're insane.
1: the cutest
0: so insane and then i remember you because you guys rented an airbnb and i went back to your place to the airbnb and you had a few people over i mean you know maybe 10 or i don't know something like that and yeah. i definitely just laid on the floor with the dog most of the evening and people were <laughs> like you really need to get your own dog man this is weird and i'm like why don't you just leave me alone right now maybe yeah. this is me and hazelnut's time
1: yeah so that was like the her size as a puppy. It's like the size of her head right now.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was super tiny. I have photos of that day still. And she is, she is the tiniest, cutest little thing. It's insane. Those, those wrinkles and those paws. It just, it just goes on for days and the ears. Oh, those ears. <laughs> but so molasses, though, was actually my first Basset love. Um, yeah. And Molasses actually liked me a lot more than Hazy does. I mean, Hazy's cool, but Hazy's kind of like, she's kind of a diva. Like, she's willing to be yeah. over you pretty quickly, you know?
1: She, she knows she's cute. She's like, what if?
0: Right, right. Whereas, now Molasses had an attitude, but Molasses was more bossy. Um, right. <laughs> and I'm willing to follow orders. So, you know, we got along fine. Um, <laughs> so so anyway well so so yeah so basset hounds uh absolutely love them some of my favorite dogs ever and especially the two that you've had which are the, the two that i've really had the most time around but they were they're just they're great um but so recently though um you and josh uh, had decided that you were going to adopt not a puppy but a baby like an actual child <laughs> yeah,
1: from, from fur baby to real baby
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, And so now we have sweet little baby Thomas that is in the family. Yeah. So kind of, I mean, you know, I've, I've known, you know, I grew up with kids who, um, who were adopted and those sorts of things. So I've, it's not that I've never known anyone that was adopted or anything like that, but I, I don't, I don't know what that looks like at all from, from the side of the people trying to get, kids so kind of what's that process like how, like how long did it start before you actually got thomas
1: yeah so we start josh and i started talking about adoption um seven years ago now it would be mm-hmm. like when we were in springfield and um decided that was the route that we were going to go to have a family you know through adoption and mm-hmm decided to move to Kansas city because it's a more diverse community than Springfield. And, um, we were open to any race of baby and we just wanted a community where it wasn't just a lot of white people, which is yeah, yeah. No, you know, sure. mostly what Springfield is. So, yeah. yep. um, so anyway, so we, we moved up here, you know, got situated with the house and job and, hooked up with an adoption agency up here and then it took about a year after being with that agency that we got the call and I mean you just never know like it could be a week it could be a year it could be like two years three years you just never know like when you're gonna get a call and be like oh you're matched so I mean let me back up like before that you have to do tons of paperwork you have to go through a home study You know, there's a lot of vetting that happens, you know, just to make sure that you're decent people to be able to adopt a baby. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, we were with the agency for a year. It was December 14th. Josh and I are in Costco. We we were planning like this huge Christmas festivities. We had like $400 worth of groceries and booze in our cart because we were going to have all the family together and i i'm like searching for cranberry juice in costco like i have no idea where costco keeps freaking cranberry juice and josh is like going one way i'm going another other way and then he's like runs towards me and he's motioning me into this other aisle and like well this is super weird he's on the phone and he's like the agency's on the phone and we've been matched and this baby is doing like two days. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? And so it was the longest checkout at Costco in my entire life. Like, we decided to buy all this fucking food, which I don't know why. We should have just abandoned the cart. But we were, like, checking out. And we, like, are loading up the, the Jeep. And we were like, what is happening? Like, we don't have, a like, a nursery. Like, we don't have anything because we we like some people do a nursery and all this but i just like didn't want to look at it like it's like we'll we'll just like deal with that when it happens right but i was thinking it'd be like more than two days i was like holy fuck and so we call the like we get like load up the groceries get in the jeep call the agency back and they're like oh yeah like uh baby like due dates in two days uh, birth mom doesn't want to meet you and, you know, gives us like the lowdown, whatever. It's like, do you guys want to go ahead? And I was like, we were like, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Right. Two days. So <laughs> like, right. Like go to Walmart, buy all this stuff, like get a nursery put together in two days. Like, thank God we have a bunch of awesome friends up here that helped us clear out a guest room and make a nursery and, then uh, Thomas was like he was a week late, which that was like the longest week of my life. Uh, and uh,
0: quick interruption for the listeners: that's because he has my exact birthday. So a little, right. bit of, little bit of providence in there. He, go on. He, go he was
1: on. holding out just for you, so that way he could <laughs> have the same birthday as you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. He told me that when he arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and also in Missouri, um, like it's not fine. Like the birth mom has 48 hours after birth to change her mind. So she could say, you know what? You know, I've had the baby, I've changed my mind, and I'm going to parent, which is, you know, that's great. It would just be a lot of heartache for us. But, you know, whatever. She decided it would be okay. I mean, because we we have an open adoption. You know, I talk to Thomas's birth mom um, weekly, and I send pictures of all the of the. What's that?
0: Still to this day, we talk. Yeah,
1: still yeah, Still to this day, so like very close with her. Um. Yeah, but it's a it's a bit nerve wracking. You're like, well, I don't know. Like, are we gonna take home a baby? Are we not gonna take home a baby? Like. You just right. don't know. Um, so anyway, so it was a, like a super long weekend. Yeah, he arrived. He was awesome. He's like the cutest baby ever. Of course, I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think he could be a little baby model. So.
0: I mean, he, so he has the um, he has the haircut of a um, of a fifty year old man, <laughs> um, which which really goes a long way into <laughs> developing the cuteness because you can put him in 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 grown-up looking clothes now of course they have to be baby size but and he just totally sells it you're like like it looks like it could be an adult person where you took a picture with that snapchat filter that makes them look like a baby again you know what i'm talking about
1: yeah Yeah.
0: it could be that um he's
1: just got like so much hair like he was just blessed with like tons (laughs) of hair
0: kind of back up a moment into the actual process of the whole thing um so uh, you know you mentioned home study so what is home study what does that look like
1: so that's where um well the agency will go through the like 100 page document that you send in which is Mm. all your background and then you have to answer a bunch of questions about your life and your beliefs and what you think parenting looks like And so they'll, they'll They read through all that, they come in and then they ask You some more follow up questions about What you wrote like What your references may have put In in their letters And okay. then they just Like walk through your house and Do you have smoke Detectors in all the ro- Yeah, in all the rooms and do you have You know, a fire extinguisher and If you okay. have guns, are they locked In safes, you know
0: So some really basic kind of just like, is your household equipped for this? But then also a more kind of philosophical, you know, what kind of person or kind of parent (laughs) kind of thing.
1: Right, right.
0: Hmm. And so, um, so what are the different, I guess, you know, because obviously you mentioned that you're in, you know, it's a it's an open adoption and you still are in in contact with, with, with Thomas's mom to this day. Um, But what are the different scenarios that you can find yourself in adoption? Because I mean, aren't there scenarios where like, you know, maybe something, and I'm not trying to be dark or anything here, but like maybe something has happened to the mom where she's not medically well enough to, to, to have the baby or something, or is maybe, you know, incarcerated or, you know what I mean? Like, are there scenarios right. like that? And did you, did you have an option to pick? Oh, we don't want this scenario. We do want this scenario or how do, what does that even look like? Does that make sense? I guess even.
1: Yeah. So, um, there are a bunch of different ways that you can go through adoption. Um, you could do foster to adopt. Um, you could do Infancy adoption, which is what we did, and we did it domestically. You know, you could do an international adoption. Mm. Um, So, with you know foster to adopt, a lot of those children are in a situation where one of the parents could be incarcerated, or you know have some kind of drug addiction, have some kind of trauma that's happened to them, Mm -hmm. and then they get placed into your home. And um, generally, the states want to keep those children with their biological family. So you're mm-hmm. just, you know, taking care of these children while their birth parents kind of figure out their life. And I think that takes a really special person to be able to, you know, bring those kids in that you may or may not adopt, ultimately adopt, because they'll go back to your birth family. Right. Uh, and I'm just not like I'm not a strong enough person to be able to do that. I know that about myself. Like, I it would just like break my heart to take a baby in that would go back to a situation that may not that I may not think is like the best for them.
0: Yeah. Well, or honestly, even if even if it was a situation where you were like confident that they were that the kid was going to be okay, like it's still hard just to you've established a really strong bond you know to to let that
1: go right yeah Yeah. so so like i we knew that josh would probably do better at that than i would but i just knew like that that, that's just not i i just don't think that i could do that emotionally so so we didn't go that route um and then internationally like josh i was kind of like well you know I could go either way, domestic, international, Um, but Josh felt pretty strongly about staying, you know, in the states, and we actually stayed um, pretty close to, you know, our where we live. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, because he's like, you know, there's just so many kids here in the U.S. that need good homes, so let's just stay within the states. And I was like, all right, like I, I, I feel strongly about it either way, so. So that's what we did. And most adoptions now um, are open. Like you really can't have a closed adoption. Like maybe if you do internationally, because if you adopt through an orphanage, then it's it's more mm-hmm. of a closed adoption because you don't know who those birth parents are. But um, here in the States, almost all um, infant adoptions are are you know, you have to be okay with an open adoption and studies have shown that that's better for the kid.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I found it really interesting the way you guys have approached um, that with Thomas. I mean, obviously the relationship that you already spoke to with the mom, but, but also just like, you know, Thomas's birthday is like, we just said, you know, it's in December. Um, So you celebrate that, but then you're also kind of celebrating like, his adoption or, or, right. or something of along. please elaborate on that, but something in the summertime as well.
1: Yeah. So um, we adopted him in July. And so we'll do, you know, adoption day. Some people call it family day, you know, yeah. semantics, you know, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like, you know, we here, here's your day of birth. And then here's the day that we were, you know, like legally a family six mm-hmm. months later so um so we'll celebrate that which is pretty good for him because you, know, you get screwed as you know having a birthday so close to christmas so uh we'll, oh no <laughs> we'll do 100%. we'll do you know something in the summertime so
0: well and here's the deal and this is going to sound incredibly petty on my part but this is how i thought as a child uh about that that Christmas birthday because my birthday is de- December twenty second what we're talking about, so it's three days before Christmas. here's the truth is people do not maintain an annual budget for Walker's birthday, right? So what happens is we get to we get to holiday time and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make up some numbers. let's say they normally would spend fifty bucks on my birthday, right? and then let's say they would spend, Another 50 bucks on Christmas, but because birthday and Christmas are together and they have there again, they're not maintaining these really strict accounting budgets or something. (laughs) Well, walks gets 75. You know what I'm saying? Whereas everyone else I know is getting a hundred. Right. And I'm all about the Benjamins, as you know. So
1: please tell the story of, uh, didn't you get a basketball one year?
0: It actually wasn't even that cool. It was a, it was a red four-square rubber ball, like one of those <laughs> red bouncy balls that you play four-square with. Uh, yeah, I'll tell that story. So I, um, I was probably five or six years old, I don't know, somewhere in that age range. And I would asked for that for my birthday or Christmas or whatever. And so, um, again, to show how lumped together this all gets, birthday and Christmas presents get put under the Christmas tree, Right. Cause it's just, that's just the present whole, you know, I'm so, in, I'm so entitled and privileged. I'm so entitled. and privileged. Anyway, God, I'm so insufferable. Anyway. So, so the way that this is distinguished, there, there's birthday wrapping paper and there's Christmas wrapping paper. Right. And so if it's birthday paper, then I get to open it early. And if it's Christmas, I got to wait. So that's fine. So we're going through gifts one year and I find a package that is wrapped Half in birthday, half in Christmas. <laughs> and so i I look at it and i i I take off the the birthday wrapping paper and discover that it's a red four square ball. That's it. It's just it's it doesn't turn on. it's a ball. like it's the whole thing. i I've got it, right and uh, and I'm like, so do I like my do I get to play with this now? And they're like, well, no, you see. It's half and half. You'll have to wait to unwrap the other half until Christmas. Which um, is pretty traumatizing for me. And, um, and I feel like really probably entitles me to some compensation now, later, at 36 years old. Um, no, actually, the worst part of it, which this is actually, this is really the quintessential story of, of the life of Walker Near, is that. That story happens, and I've remembered that forever because it it it, it I it did suck because I really wanted to play with the damn ball and I couldn't. Um, so I bring that story up to my mom sometime in the last decade, and and was because I everyone else loves it. They all think it's just like you. They think it's so great to see me disappointed at the holidays, <laughs> and um, and so I told my mom I was like your cruelty to me as a child spreads joy to many others just so you know and she was like you know what are you talking about so I told her the story and she was like you know the best part about that story is that we didn't even intend any of that like all that really happened was they ran out of birthday paper and it wasn't that big of a you know it's like whatever they're not going to go to the store just to finish wrapping one half of a present like in the middle of the day or whatever (sighs) so they just grabbed other paper and whatever but then because I – when they saw my confusion by this half-and-half half thing, that's when they thought – so it was really me. Like if I would have just ripped it open, they wouldn't have cared. They didn't actually intend on it being a half-and-half. Half. But when I went ahead and kind of offered that angle, they just ran with it. So you and, put
1: it out in the universe.
0: Yeah. So that
1: bad the, juju out there.
0: Well, and the point just being that like – Basically, when things go wrong, it's typically traced back just old number one here, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you totally did that. And I'm like, really liked blaming someone else, though. So if we could just focus on that, I would right. be happier. Um, well, So uh, this is a complete departure and very confusing to the audience, but they're used to it by now that if they're still still around, you've um, been doing this for a while now. Um so the reason it's something I wanted to talk about that was a minor detail of your story, but it wasn't really about the adoption itself, but, but it was what you were doing when you did, um, when, when you got the call about Thomas and you were out shopping for oh, yeah. food because you were going to throw some festive party thing, yep. which is where we have spent the most of our time together as you putting on <laughs> such events. Um, not only are you a basset hound owner and a, a lovely mother, also a terrific cook. Um, and so you've had me around for many fantastic meals. However, one in particular <laughs> needs to be immortalized on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which one I'm referring to? Oh yeah. oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like there's a Dexter moment coming up.
0: That is accurate. Um <laughs> So yeah, so you were going to cook lobster, uh, which I had never had, and you were a little uncomfortable with, because um, you were going to get live lobster from the store.
1: Right, right.
0: right. It was a you... Julia
1: Child's recipe. I forget the name of the recipe now, but... Okay. We, we I was doing, you know, Julia and Julie.
0: Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, so, so you were going to get... The live lobster, and then we're supposed to bring it home, and then you know, <laughs> kill it. Um, right. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm uncomfortable even saying it, which leads to another problem shortly here in this story. But, um, yeah, and then and then you know, make the meal with it or whatever. Um, and so I think your arrangement was that you would be happy to procure and and prepare and cook and whatever. But you weren't willing to kill it. I had to do that. Is that is that right?
1: Right. So you went because you went with me to the store,
0: right. To to right.
1: procure said lobster. That's a lie. Yeah. And we're in your truck, and this damn lobster is bouncing around in its box,
0: like oh, in man. the ba-
1: like in oh, the back. And we're like, oh shit, what have we done? And Josh is still at work, right? Right. And, and we bring the lobster back and we're like, all right, this motherfucker's sitting out in the garage. Like we're like, yeah. like we're not boiling this bastard alive. That's not how this is going down.
0: No. Well and, and the thing is is that like, you know, I didn't think it would matter because a lobster, frankly, is like a like a underwater insect. Basically, right. it's like a huge underwater insect. And so right. it was like I mean, if I saw a spider, like I kill the spider, zero thoughts, zero thoughts, Right? you know, like I'm not about that life with the insects. And so I thought that that's how I would feel about the lobster too. Um,
1: like it's not Sebastian, you know, uh,
0: it's not, but it kind of like, it kind of is still like, it's not, I mean, it didn't sing or anything <laughs> cool. That would have been really bad if it would have done like a little mermaid thing with us. Um, But anyway, so, we, so, so I said, I think what will help us get through this is if we set up um what we will call a kill room, similar to the TV show Dexter, right? Um, which if no one has seen Dexter, what we're talking about. So Dexter, the TV show, he's like a, a serial killer who only kills other bad people. So he doesn't, he doesn't like prey on innocent people at all. Um, so it's kind of like a good guy, serial killer, which is a strange premise. But anyway, so whenever he has a, a bad guy victim, he will like set up a room and he'll like saran wrap the whole thing, and basically or lay down plastic everywhere. Um, so there's no evidence. And then, and then he will like set up like pictures around them of like their victims and he gives them some drugs. So they pass out and then they wake up and they wake up and they're like tied down to a table. And there's, there's pictures of all these people that they've hurt. And then he's like, you know, now you know why you're here, you son of a bitch. And then it in and, you know, end of the show. Um, so I thought that we could do a similar thing with The Lobster, um, which we did. We, not a whole, we didn't, we didn't dedicate a whole room of the home to it because The Lobster's not big enough to warrant that, nor are we actually worried about forensics because it's not illegal. Um, but yeah, man, I feel really dark telling this story, maybe for the first time. It's so dark anyway. It's true though, folks. And that's what we're about here. We're about honesty. (laughs) And none of this is sensationalized. It's all accurate.
1: Uh, Yeah. It's, it's real news. It's real news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so we get, we get the cutting board out and uh, and put Saran wrap over it. Um, And then we took some photos from the home and placed them around the cutting board (laughs) Now it turns out the lobsters never met any of the people in the photos, but it's a, it's a lobster. It probably doesn't know, right? And well, and the thing is, like you said, the thing earlier, like you know, we had read that, like, oh, you just boil some water and throw them in there, and then they, you know, they cook,
1: right? Right. And it's
0: like that's that's a little too much. Like it seems yeah. too slow and cruel, you right. know. And we're not we're not actually trying to make the thing suffer at all. It's, right. You know, we're trying to eat it. It's supposed to be food. So we looked up, like, well, instead, what you can do is you can just take a knife and you basically just drive the blade down, like right behind its head, and I it mean, will sever the nerves, and you know, it's spine or whatever. And I'm, I'm, people who know things about animals are, probably are like, "What are you talking about? It doesn't have that." Whatever, you get it,
1: you get it. Peter's gonna call you like after you publish this.
0: Walk out, and I said, "Bucket thrown on me everywhere I go from now on."
1: Right. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: so anyway, so yeah, so we um, we we have the whole room set up and it's like, all right, let's go get the serial killer lobster now and you know set the world right. yeah, so we bring it in and we set it down. and it turns out that also um, not similar to a spider that you can kill with zero effort. A lobster has a pretty thick shell. So, it's not super easy to to kill it with the knife. It's not super easy to drive the knife through it. Like you really have to put your back into it, you know. Um, and I, I was not. I I tried, and it 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 like twitched or something. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was out. I was immediately out. The one job I had. The one job I had was to help <laughs> kill the lobster. I Oh uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have it all set up. We have the kill room all set up, and Josh comes home. He's like, "What the fuck is going <laughs> on?" <And> I was like, <laughs> uh, "We made a kill room for you. Uh, here's your knife,
0: <laughs> your Dexter. Yeah, your
1: Dexter. Surprise." <laughs> <laughs>
0: We were supposed to be done before he got home. He was supposed to show up, <laughs> yeah. and the food was supposed to be cooking. It was supposed to be yeah. well underway.
1: Yeah, that did not happen. He wasn't
0: supposed to do any of that. No. Um, but then, yeah, Josh Josh um, demonstrated why some people question my masculinity sometimes. And, and um, immediately killed the lobster without any hesitation, and there was not a big deal at all. Yeah. While I stood across the room and watched humanly. <laughs> um uh, anyway that is my that is probably one of my that's one that's definitely my favorite dining story ever it's so ridiculous um and i love that we even though neither of us actually had the balls to kill the thing it was pretty good that we created a lot of dexter setting for it like oh, yeah. who is creating a dexter kill room for the lobster that anyway? that was
1: the most memorable New Year's Eve, like one of the, me- the most memorable <laughs> New Year's Eve that I've
0: had. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was good times. Uh, and we did eventually eat. It was del- you know, delicious food, too. So it worked out in that way also. Um, but yeah, so if you ever need me to help you kill something, probably ask someone else. That's really <laughs> where we're at. I mean I found in my in my house now I have a shed out in the backyard and I opened it one day to get my mower out and a little baby possum looked out at me. Oh no I was like mm, I don't wanna deal with that. I don't wanna deal with that. So I didn't. So I didn't. I just grabbed the mower and backed out and then and then mowed the yard and I left the door open.
1: You're like, please, run like, please, please run away. Please run away.
0: Correct. And then I went and put the mower back up, but I didn't look at all in the shed again. I just put it up and closed the door. And then I went and got my hair cut that day. And my hairdresser was like I told her the story and she was like, I mean, if you really like need someone to help you, like I guess I could come over and like look in oh. your shed oh, damn! <laughs> I know. And I was like, You know what? I got it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. so I came home and put pants on, uh, which is not a common thing for me <laughs> and um, and then I went out in the shed and I actually did turn over everywhere I could where it could be hiding and it was not there. so I think it did leave on its own.
1: Oh, and yeah. well, since
0: that true. time I've secured the shed so nothing can get in and have never seen any evidence since then. so um,
1: dude, I hate <clears throat> I hate possums. Do you, did I tell you the story where crinkles? caught one in a house I lived in at one time?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Dude, that was the worst. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm living in a trailer at this time in my life. It was a very sad time in my life. And uh, before Josh, and I come into the kitchen and is like growling at something. And then I like jump up on the countertop and she <laughs> got a possum by its tail like in the kitchen she's like swinging it around like rrr, rrr. i was like no. oh fuck what no <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? it can't be
0: in the house it can't be in the house <laughs> of all the places the project can be one of them is not in the house
1: yeah i was like whoa no this is right. how i want to start this day
0: yeah or in my life cuz i might not make it out you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah
0: possums be dangerous yeah. um yeah though no, there's there's some raccoons that live there's some a wooded area around my house not like in my yard but not too far and um one night i went out on my front porch and i looked at the end of the porch and i i saw something kind of glowing and so i turned my phone flashlight and shine it over there and it's two little baby raccoons sitting at the top mm. step of my porch. And then I see the mom like walk, like cruise on by behind him. And I was just like, nope, I'm going back inside right now. I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need any business with a mama raccoon and all, all this. Right. <laughs> but then for for several weeks after that, I'm like, I'm like afraid of a home invasion, except not by people, <laughs> just by the raccoon. Like I come inside and I'm like, you in here raccoon? All like, right. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I might just have to move, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know what to do. I guess I could call my hairdresser. <laughs> Help <me out>. um.
1: <laughs> she can exterminate the place for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, which to be clear, my hairdresser is not like, not like an overly like hardened person or something. She's a very normal person. Uh, she's just not soft like me so. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so that, like I said crazy departure from what we were talking about but I, I had to tell the the Dexter Killam story and I'm glad you shared the story with Crinkles having the possum indoors because that is yeah that's <laughs> terrible that's that's 10 out of 10 things I don't want right there yeah is a possum in my house even if even with a dog I don't care all yeah. of you outside yeah all of you outside.
1: yeah We'll <music>
0: So you have Thomas. Uh, obviously, the mom doesn't decide to to take him back after forty eight hours,
1: right? Yep.
0: Um, and then you officially adopt him six seven months later in July. Yep. Um, and so, but for that first, you know what? I guess nine ten months or so that you guys had Thomas, you were working full time,
1: right? So I did. I did take um, twelve weeks of maternity leave, which. You know was awesome for me because I wasn't like physically recovering from having a baby. I just got to go in like full-time mom mode and sure hang out with Thomas and do things. I mean, it was, you know, that was a terrible winter. It was like snowed every day and like ice all the time, so we just hung on inside. yeah, so I went back in March and like almost immediately decided that was like i did i did not want to work and and have a baby like i felt like we worked so hard to adopt thomas that i didn't want to miss this time with him and so we were trying to figure out like how could i be a stay at home mom and leave work and so we figured we came up with a plan and then in december um i quit my job now i'm stay at home mom
0: yeah, well so, um I mean and, and you know, it's not something that that's to be taken lightly though, because it's not like you just had like a job that you got so you could get a check or something. Like you were a pretty accomplished person in your career and that was something you took really seriously. You did accounting and yeah. Like you you had worked really hard to like get your CPA licensing or degree. I'm not sure. I, I don't yeah, know what it's,
1: so certification. I did I yeah. No, you're so nice. I um, I was like d- totally trying to downplay all that. I did. I got, oh, no. I, got, I got my MBA. I got my CPA, and and honestly, I was like, no, we'll we'll adopt. We'll, you know, have a nanny. I um had a controller role for an international company, and I was like, yeah, well, I'll keep this role, and it's gonna be great. We're gonna have this baby, and like this fabulous life, and right, do this job, and you know all the things. And, um, at the time, like I, um, so before I got Thomas, I had the opportunity to like fly to India and go spend Mm. time in Bangalore, um, and check out, uh, you know, some of the things that this company was doing and try to implement that back here in the U S and, um, great opportunities. But, um, you know, I was having to talk to people, in a time zone that was, you know, 11 hours or so different from us. and oh, wow. And our parent company, you know, is in Australia. And then we also had a sister company in China. So we're starting to get on to like so some more international calls. And so doing calls at like 9, 10 o'clock at night is not great with having a baby. And I was like, yeah, this is – it was fine when we didn't have Thomas, but – sure to try and be present both at work and with a baby was just kind of like too much so
0: yeah yeah well and yeah I mean how 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 hard was it to go back to work after that 12 weeks of just you and Thomas you know I mean obviously Josh is there too but I mean you not having to you know
1: yeah no it was it was like I cried I cried yeah. like every day. I was like, Oh my God, like this is not what I expected at all. Like had I, right. had I thought, you know, this is how I was going to feel. Like I would have done things like I would have, we would have planned our life a little bit differently for me to, to stay at home. But sure. yeah, like, I I mean, it's just people tell you like, it'll totally change your life. And you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. Okay. And then it happened. You're like, oh yeah, no! It totally changed our lives in so many ways that we didn't think it would. I mean, all good, all good. So
0: sure, sure. I mean, that you know, that's the thing is that I've, you know, obviously I'm, you know, don't have kids and have for a long time balked at that notion. Um, although, to be to be just perfectly candid and frank about it. I also just always had worked pretty terrible jobs most of my life. Um, And when I say terrible, I just mean very low paying. And honestly, I just, I was like, I can barely pay for myself. I have no idea how I would also pay for a kid. So I was like a huge part. And I didn't realize that. And and not that I'm like, you know, (laughs) super wealthy or something now, but I, I have, I now earn more than I, than I used to by a significant amount. And, um, And I'm still not like, you know, I don't have like a goal of having a kid or or something like that. But if I met the right person and it worked out, you know, that's what they wanted. I would be much more open to considering it because it's like, especially if, you know, they have an income too. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe this is not insane that we could afford this. You know what I mean? Like that I can provide a a reasonable life for the kid. Um, I mean, not that they have to take golf lessons and you know go to a private school or something but just you know I you know just <laughs> at least there's, there will be consistent food available and stuff you know what right I mean?
1: <laughs> well I mean it's crazy dude like you you figure it out if someone had told me you know before we had Thomas that I would quit my job like right. I'd be like you're like there's no way like there's no way Josh and I could afford to do that there's no way and then somehow you just like figure it out like you figure out how to make it work you know
0: right well so the the, and that's what I was going to say though is that your sentiment you know about it being a thing that that is only a net positive is is a very common sentiment I I don't know anyone of the people I know and I don't know that many people but other people I know I don't know anyone who's had a kid that's like yeah I'd take that back if I could. You know, that didn't <laughs> that's not the high point for me. Like it's never no one ever says that. Now, of course, there's to some extent, you can't say that in society. But if anyone was going to say it to someone, they would tell me because people will tell me all sorts of crazy shit, right? Yeah. So if someone was going to confide that they really didn't like it that much, I feel like I would have received that that bit of information. and I've just I've never i mean, it's never been even kind of like that. Everyone's always like, yeah, it's the greatest thing that ever happened. It's you know,
1: it's definitely not all sunshine and roses, though. I will tell you that. Like today, sure. there were te- like there were tears today from from me. I mean, from both Thomas and me. And, and right. I text I text Josh, who works from home, not just during COVID, but like all the time works from home. And so I'm texting Josh. I need hugs, which came out I need higgs, like H-I-G-S. And Josh is like, hugs? And I'm like, don't fuck with me, man. Like, I'm having a fucking bad day. I just need a goddamn hug. Like, I need you to come down here and hug me because your son – because it's always your son when he's, like, losing his fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, your son is, like, losing his shit on me. Like, I right. need some hugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's a – and I think that's a really good point that you to bring up. And it's a point that actually translates to a lot of other conversations that I've had on this podcast, which is that there everything is nuanced. Nothing is is this black and white thing. Where, like, so it, it is it on one level. Like on one level, it's black and white that you are absolutely happy that you have Thomas and wouldn't trade that for anything, right? Like that is just right. true. There, there right. is no nuance to that truth, right? Except that that if you zoom in a little bit, though. Like you just said, it doesn't mean that every single moment of it is just the, you're just giggling with glee because you can't, you never thought it would be this much fun to have a two year old pull on your hair. Not a two year old, he's not that old, but, you know, maybe pull on your hair or punch you or whatever they do. Um, (laughs) But I think that that's important. And that's that's one of the reasons that I asked you all, you know, a while back if you would be willing to come and, and share your insights on this. I have another friend who has a baby that, um, her and her husband had tried for a really long time to have a baby and and they eventually you know got pregnant and were able to and and she could not be more thrilled to be a mom like she she wanted to be a mom for a long time and then when she had that opportunity you know she took it and she couldn't be more excited so in, in no way is she not into being a mom but you know, there's all these women that will be like, oh, being pregnant is so beautiful and whatever. And maybe some of them feel that way. She hated every waking moment of it. She was like, I will never be pregnant again. That was insane. I can't believe that that's how it works, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. Like, again, she loves being a mom. There are days, like I call her baby MS-13 baby because her <laughs> baby is crazy. Like her baby's beating up other kids and like it might have a razor in its mouth at all times. You know what I mean? To cut up coke and <laughs> flip next in mean, her baby cray. Um, if she listens to the shelter. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so
1: but anyway, so I,
0: and I didn't mean to interrupt with all that. Just, but I just, I love that you're, that you're sharing that sentiment because it's important for people to be open about that and be honest about yeah, it. Like it's okay real. to like being a mom and still have moments where you're like, whoo child. Yeah,
1: I don't feel like there's enough of that, honestly. Right. Because it's like all the podcasts and all the things on the internet are like, oh, this is the greatest, you know, you just need to like take some deep breaths. And I'm like, lady, you take some deep breaths when your child's fucking biting you and pulling on your goddamn hair and then come back and talk to me. We'll see how you do. All right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if your little count to three worked. Yeah, exactly. I
1: was like, "Damn, I'm gonna yeah. have to like do some bad boys for life shit, like some fucking woo saw, and <laughs> I don't know what." <laughs> struggles, struggles.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's absolutely true, and and you see that in so many things. People want to sell these idealized versions of stuff, and the problem is, is that a it's disingenuous for what it actually looks like. So now. When someone else tries to start, they think they're doing something wrong or something's wrong with them because exactly. that's not the experience they have. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't actually help anyone because it's full of shit. So it's, it, it it's, it's not actually, there's not any, it's diminishing its own value by, by doing that, you know? Right. Um, well, so, um, so yeah, so you, so you. You made the decision to stop working, which again is not a decision that you took lightly. You had spent a lot of of not just time and energy, but frankly, money yeah. building your career. You know, yeah. Um, so not something to take lightly. But, but so, what's it been like since then? Because it's been what four or five months or so now it's that you've been... been.
1: Yeah, like what what month are we in? We're in April. I don't know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like losing track of time. Um, so. I didn't realize like stay at home mom time was like preparing me for a fucking pandemic. Like p- people be like, people be like, oh my god, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm with my kid all day. I'm like, bitch, I've been at home with my kid since December. Like, <laughs> don't even talk to me about this. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't have a kid. I'm just a shut in. So <laughs> I
1: mean, I
0: also haven't really changed that much i mean i I don't see quite as many people as i used to and i got to eat like i used to but yeah really not a lot else has changed i buy groceries in more bulk than i used to other (laughs) than that kind of the same life kind of the same life
1: Uh, yeah no so it's been um you know like december was great to not work it was kind of like a vacation because i had Thomas's birthday and Christmas so it was like, oh I am you know have this extended vacation I have all this time to like get ready for Christmas and do this big party for Thomas's first birthday and all this and it was great and then January comes it's kind of like, oh shit, I don't have a job I don't have like the same amount of money coming in what do, like what do I need to be doing to make sure Thomas is you know developing and Mm -hmm. all of all the mom things as my friend says mom so hard so (laughs) it's like okay so let's like get active in the community let's you know do story time with the at the library which the nanny was actually she was already doing she found that which was great so you know started taking them to story time twice a week and then um through that like well, first off, like these moms be super judgy, you know. Like <laughs> I come in there, like, oh, you're the mom. Oh, the nanny was so great, and I was like, I mean, all right, yeah, I'm like the mom. Like, why am I getting fucking judged about coming to story time now? Like what? <laughs> like what the fuck? Who are you? And and so it took like it took like two months at least before someone would like actually talk to me otherwise they mm-hmm. so thomas is in the 95th percentile for height and the 90th percentile for weight like and just his okay. appointment like last week so anyway so we're like doing story time and these moms are like kind of bitches to me and he he's 15 months i mean and at the time we were going he's like you know 12 months babies don't know sharing. Like there's just little bam bams like running around, right. like hitting other babies, like they don't know what's up, and so he's like taking some baby's toy, and this mom gets like super pissed at me, and I'm like, dude, like it's a baby like I-, right. I-, I can't teach babies at this age how to share I've read but book- I've read like all the books about this, so <laughs> right <laughs> like. Right. There is of, no
0: rationalizing with your yeah, baby.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> just tell a baby, the like, like, no, like bad, bad. Like, that's about all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he took some of his first steps at story time. And I got like super excited. And l- the lady's like, You mean he's not walking yet? And I'm like, dude, he's like 12. He's like 12 months. Like, and she's like, Oh, oh, he's so big. I thought he was like 18 months old because my son's like 18 months. And I was like, well, yeah, no, he's not. So,
0: Even if he was, maybe not an appropriate way to frame yeah, that like, conversation. like how
1: about read some books? Like, all babies develop at different stages, like different <laughs> ages. Like, right. come on now. God. So... Yeah, so we did story time, and then some of the moms, like, started to accept me and, like, told me about some other activities. So there is, a, a like, a gym where you can take babies – well, all, like, all kids can go, but babies under three, you don't have to pay for, like, open gym time. So they just, like, go around, and they jump on trampolines and, you know, do, like, little foam pits and things like that. So we were doing that, and then we signed up Thomas for swim lessons. So we did that. So I like had a super booked with, you know, activities. So we we were doing really well, and then COVID hit, and then it's like, meh.
0: right now it's now it's
1: record. yeah, it's like uh just now to the park. So
0: right, right. But it doesn't sound like you're missing the company of what I'm going to to loosely call the other Starbucks moms.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, you may go to Starbucks too. I don't know. I'm very judgy of the Starbucks crowd. Yeah, um, no.
1: I definitely, I definitely don't go to Starbucks. Nice. I nice. do wear yoga pants. Like I was like not going to do the whole yoga pant mom thing.
0: Comfy and easy, though, right?
1: Yeah, like when these babies are mobile, like yoga pants and sneakers kind of where it's at. I was like, all right, I'm gonna give in to this.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I just the I, Starbucks, I will never get over the the demand that exists for it. Like, I live kind of close to a, a grocery store that has the Starbucks, like inside of the grocery store, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, and go there any weekday and there, it's not a drive through cause it's inside the store and there is legit a line of like 15 to 20 people deep from, I don't know how early it starts, 7.00 AM all the way through like 9.00 AM. And then it's always that many people. And it's like, I just don't believe it's that good. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't believe it's that good. Um
1: I'm pretty, so, yeah, I'm pretty I'm, sure Dave Ramsey would say save your money don't buy starbucks
0: yeah well or you know what dunkin donuts gets it too i'm yeah. not you you people don't get a pass or you panera <laughs> people there's no
1: all right make your coffee at home save all your monies
0: or just save your damn time who can stand in line for this 20 minutes like
1: would right. drive me
0: insane yeah anyway nope I digress. I digress but anyway i just assume that all the these judgy moms that you talk about are all just like like stopping at starbucks and then heading to wherever you know the library or whatever the event is and then sipping their coffees and being judgy and
1: oh yeah they totally they totally could could be i mean (laughs) i i would know because i don't like the nicest person to me is this um lady who is a nanny of two of two kids that go to story time like she's been the nicest and she'll she'll like talk to me and hang out the other super super judge time
0: right yeah I mean
1: because I told yeah, you, you about the the swimming our one our one swim less experience lesson experience please
0: please, please retell I, I I don't remember that well
1: <laughs> yeah, so please <so> <laughs> I signed up Thomas for swim lessons and there are like three other babies in this class and we go and it's at um the high school gymnasium, like, swimming swimming pool up here. Right, right. And um, so before water babies are water aerobics. And water aerobics are at, like, 930. So the people attending water aerobics at 930 are, like, 60-plus-year-old ladies who – do water aerobics and then they get out and then they just hang out and like watch water babies. Well, Thomas is teething and kind of hating life. And I was like, man, I don't know how this experience is going to go. Like I'm already apprehensive about it. And we get to the, the swimming pool and Thomas is like crying. Like he hates, he hates it so bad so bad he hates it and he's like crying which normally we've taken him in the summertime loves the pool like it's like the best thing he's all smiles and whatnot, It's just like great which I thought he would super enjoy swim lessons no it, this is like traumatic for him he's crying and everyone's just like oh well just let him get used to the water just like bounce him up and down a little bit it'll be fine yeah like not fine like he cries the entire fucking time And I'm like, oh, my God. All right. This has got to be over. So we we get out and all of the old ladies who were watching are now in the locker room, totally fucking naked, just walking around, Uh... just walking around and then decide to tell me how I should raise Thomas. And so this one lady, I'm like sitting on the bench in the locker room trying to change Thomas out of swim shorts into regular clothes because it's like forty degrees outside. So we have to change out of our wet clothes into right. clothes. And this lady is standing next to me totally naked. So wow. she's got she's like orangutan tits and like big silver bush. <laughs> and like her badge is right at my fucking face. Telling, telling me that she thinks Thomas has a fucking sensory disorder and that I should shower with him because then maybe he'd be used to like being splashed in a pool and I'm like who the fuck are you and put some goddamn clothes on like what the fuck like I, I do not understand I do not yeah understand.
0: that is remarkable Um, I, so it, it what's fascinating about that is that i didn't I now think that it's just a a uh a scenario that people who are of a certain age I don't know if they cut off sixty sixty five <laughs> seventy seventy five I don't know what the number is, but there's some number where you decide that people who are in a locker room with you no longer have boundaries yeah and and I don't know why that happens, but i mean so it's common in in like at, at a gym in the male locker room see this is just like it's just like everyone has this impression when i say everyone men i mean have an impression that like like the men's bathroom is nasty but the women's bathroom is like all pristine and nice and neat and everything and i've had plenty of women be like no no it can be so messed up in there which just goes to show that it's not a male female thing it's just there's nasty people thing right like there's weird people who don't understand boundaries in a space where people are naked which is weird it's like we need extra boundaries here cuz we're all naked and it's not part of some naked club right like we're not we're not nudists or something we have to change and this is what the lot we found ourselves in life in here anyway in the male bathroom dudes old men almost exclusively but whatever will straight up hike a leg up on the counter in front of a sink <laughs> hike a leg up, grab a blow dryer, and oh, then just blow yeah. dry the ball.
1: Like nobody wants right to in. see that. No,
0: no. If if you lived at home and someone <laughs> walked into your bathroom at home and you were doing that, you should be embarrassed. You should be like, oh, God, I should have locked the door. I didn't think anyone would come in here. Now, certainly not in public. Certainly not in a public venue. But here they are. So we've now learned that that also uh, crosses gender boundaries.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. This is not discriminate. Dude, Thomas had, like, PTSD from this because then when we went to go do baths, like, bath time, it took, like, two weeks for him to not cry during bath time. And prior to swim lessons, he was, like, fine with he it. He was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure he's like, mm-hmm. where's the old orangutan, like, going to come get me? Right. Right.
0: That's, um, yeah, that's truly, that's a traumatizing thing for such a young, impressionable mind. You know? I mean,
1: I was traumatized. I, we didn't go back. I was like, "Nope, we're not doing this again." Like, you can keep my money. That was terrible.
0: Yeah. One time, I was, um, I was, I was, I had gone. I was at the the YMCA, and I had gotten in the hot tub. So I was in like swim trunks or whatever. And then, coming back into the locker room, I I took a shower, but I kept the swim trunks on because I also want to wash the chlorine out of them. You right. Know? I don't really need a shower. I didn't work out or something. I just was in a hot tub. Right. So so I'm not even fully nude. And there is a guy who has brought a washcloth or something into the shower with him. He is fully nude. And he is like like one hand behind his back, one hand in front, like (laughs) (laughs) sawing the washcloth in his taint area. Right. (laughs) Which which I wouldn't have known because I'm not looking at these people while we're in there, except that he says something to me to get my attention, which causes me to look at him, which he does not interrupt <sighs> as in his little activity for, right? And then is like, got your Christmas shopping done yet? What? Like, hey, fuck! How about we don't have that conversation right now? Like, how right. about any other time besides when you're washing your fucking taint? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? How is this not? how what what (laughs) it's like when i worked at the call center and i was in i was in the stall taking a shit and this guy who i worked with had had gone up to the sink to wash his hands as i had entered the bathroom and went into the stall so he saw me go into the stall but once i'm in there i have the the door closed or whatever and i'm clearly taking a shit that's what you do in there right (laughs) and this guy's like so uh hey walker uh what part of town do you live in? Oh, God. And I go, kind of by here, how about we have this conversation when I'm not taking a shit, though? How about that? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? And he was just like, oh, sorry, and then walked out like, what? Why did I have to say this? What yeah. is wrong with you? Dude, but,
1: people have no filter, is what I found out while being stay-at-home mom. Every day, every day on walks, Every day, somebody tells me how fat my dog is. Every fucking day.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I four don't tell seventy
1: pounds. So yeah, I mean, it's like I don't <laughs> tell you how fat you are, motherfucker. Like I, I don't tell you to like go buy a fucking Peloton and lose some lbs. Like <laughs> <what> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like my oh, my man. most memorable moment. It's it's like nice outside, and this lady who is not thin, it was watching walking her dog, and she's like, "Oh, it's so nice out. Looks like your dog is a porch dog. Looks like it's a good thing she's out on a walk." And I'm like, "The fuck a <laughs> fucking porch dog." But actually, we walk like every day it right. looks like you need to drink some Slim Fast and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe that's what you should
0: start doing is get some, like, like once the, the pandemic's over and you can actually get out again, go to, like, the the local Y or something and get some flyers for it. Be like, hey, do you have any like promotional things so I can, like, help promote <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your gym or whatever? And then when anyone says anything, be like, that's a really good point. And then be like, have you thought about going here? And then just push the flyer in their face. Just like, here you go yeah, maybe this would be for you, kind of a little subtle, you know, not so subtle, but exactly
1: you know. well, that's the thing like I talk big, you know on on a podcast, but when when I actually like face to face, I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, moving on, yeah,
0: yeah, um, I don't know. I go both ways with that. I mean I, I I'm not a confrontational person in so much as that like I'm not trying to i' you know I don't fight with people or something again, I'm afraid of a lobster so you know <laughs> rubber bands around claws so clearly I'm not out here like being tough with people or something but um but I don't know it just depends on the day you catch me I might I might just not want to talk to you at all and so I might just ignore and move on I might try and come up with something cute for you though you know yeah. I might do something cute
1: yeah so um, our only activity now remember? during the pandemic is to go on walks and people right. still you know be hating on hazelnut during this time i did i did tell one guy because he's like oh damn she's a big girl and i was like you know what she's actually on a diet <laughs> like that was that was what i said and then i just like walked off because i was like god damn it I'm, like so done with this <laughs> shit
0: <laughs> you might try actually a really classic one is um that's really fun to do and it works every single time because everyone walks right into it is just is just to have someone say something inappropriate and then ask them point blank man and smile while you do it and kind of chuckle to yourself whimsically like do you remember when i asked you what i thought about my dog and then when they're like uh no you're like yeah me either shut the fuck up about it and then (laughs) they just got owned and that's all there is to it. Like, because they, because since you were being so pleasant, they were like, I don't remember that. And you know, they think that you're, they're in on something with you. And then it turns out they were out the whole time and you show that to them in their face. Um, huh. So dog shaming is a thing. I didn't know that that was a thing. So are people good at least about like keeping their distance from, from Thomas and stuff during the social distancing? Like they don't try and lean over the, the, stroller or whatever
1: yeah so they're like super afraid of thomas because you know he could be a carrier of the of Mm -hmm. the covid being a little tiny person um Mm -hmm. but they like to to shame hazelnut some people like to pet some people want to pet hazelnut hazelnut saw another basset the other day and she did Uh not care about social distancing rules and was just like nose to nose like you're mm-hmm. my you're my people
0: yeah i mean hazelnut is one of the most adorable dogs ever and even though she doesn't like me as well as molasses did uh when i have been there if i'm there for long enough eventually she will get on the couch and, and snuggle with me basically which is what i'm looking for all yeah. of the time
1: well it just sucks that like we live up here i mean if you saw her every day she would definitely
0: that's true yeah. I, I was around molasses yeah. infinite more times than yeah. I was
1: like every, I every weekend, that. probably, I'd say.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Well, any other stories that you have that we haven't covered on, um, on the new, the new mom life, especially since you've stopped working and, and really are just doing this full time.
1: I mean, I can't think of any, just, you know, this, okay. all, all the moms want to have opinions and all the people want to judge my dog (laughs) i I was just say keep your opinions to yourself ain't no one want to hear that right
0: yeah no one gives a shit yeah (laughs) true story true story um well yeah no i think it's great like i said i think it's great that you're willing to talk about um you know what it's like to that, that there's some some difficulties with it all and that it's not all sunshine and roses whether that be from other people or it just be from dealing with your you know teething baby who's <laughs> not rational <laughs> you know? right. which is crazy because i i will admit that to me thomas is this pristine experience Now i have only been around him a few times but every time i'm around him that dude is cool as a fan like he's always chill he's always just all smiles
1: yeah like so, i honestly
0: don't know that i've ever seen him throw a fit at all
1: he is he is a really good baby he is a really good yeah. baby and like especially around other people he's like super good so then when you know he's just around me having a hard time people are like no like you are totally making this up like (laughs) thomas would not do that and i was like no dude like for real (laughs) i i lied like this happened so
0: um yeah so me being a baby was was the opposite experience i'm pretty sure for my mom where i just was a, a constant tyrant and if there was a story about me being calm people would have been like yeah, really? <laughs> <Him>? <laughs> one of my fa- I wasn't I was you know I was probably two or three so I was a lot older than Thomas is now but one of my favorite stories that my mom's ever told me which to be clear uh, my parents were together until I was like eight or nine years old so I grew up two parent household was around both of my parents all the time so it's not like I didn't know my dad you know what I mean right. Like as a baby like I did he was there the whole time whatever um anyway we're in line at a grocery store. And uh just my mom and I. And someone gets in line behind us that we'll describe as looking like a vagrant. Uh (laughs) not not bathed, not clean clothes, no haircut, you know, all that. And I I look over my mom's shoulder who's like holding me, and I ask him, I go, Are you my dad?
1: Oh god.
0: (laughs) Which my dad's A, a well you know he's groomed and bathed and well-dressed and was, so <laughs> a normally so not, only, not only is it insulting to my dad but then my mom is like what no no because you know who is this guy and how's he going to react to this or whatever right
1: uh, oh god
0: so, so i i do kind of hope that someone <laughs> that tom at that the vagrant person if they're uh, if that's actually who josh is instead right
1: <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, I appreciate it like he know like he's super smart but he he's already like tricksy like he already like trying to play tricks <laughs> on you yeah you know, I ask him like where's your nose and he puts it, his fingers to his mouth like every time he knows exactly like where mm. his nose is he's just like mm-hmm. I performing for you I'm not your circus clown like
0: sure yeah nope well you know maybe once you need, you really what you need to do is one year just do the Christmas birthday combination with no July thing so that way he knows how good he's really getting or (laughs) I can drum it up a little more than it you know more traumatic than it really was for me and really try and put some fear into him about like it could have been this way Thomas could have been this. you appreciate it I petitioned for Christmas or for Uh, summer birthday celebrations and never got so Anyway, well, Audra, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. It has been an absolute blast talking with you as it always has. Been uh you're obviously one of my closest friends and um it's super exciting to see you take the new journey that you're on. Um like I said, it's it's really and I'm not this will sound like I'm being overly flattering and I don't I promise I'm not trying to be that way, but it was really brave to to walk away from the career that you had um to to spend the time with thomas that you do now but i think and and you know and and to be clear i don't say that to shame other people who can't do that because not everyone is in a position where that's a a possibility um but i think that's super cool that when you had that chance you took it and i think that you will um I, i think there's zero chance that it's not in the end the right decision you know so good on you for that thanks (laughs) well thanks for coming by and we'll have to do it again sometime and uh yeah we'll catch you later
1: all right sounds good see ya
0: All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you again so much, Audra, for stopping by and and joining the show. Uh, Really enjoyed uh, spending that time with you. And again, thank you, Misha, for providing the music. And as always, thank you, listener, for listening to the episode. I will also invite you to check out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted with me and Brett Lindley. Uh, Pick Up Your Sticks is a, a podcast all about video games. Um, while we, we do cover news and reviews and that sort of stuff, you know, current events and gaming, we really try and hone in each episode on why gaming matters and, and really talk about the emotional connections with gaming that we have. Gaming is kind of in a weird category where it gets treated as if it's, um, like a toy or something as opposed to being looked at in the same way that TV or movies or, or books or something like that are. Uh, and I think that gaming absolutely is a medium, you know, that, that's, similar to those uh, where in so much as that there's an experience out there for everyone and the diversity of experiences you can have in gaming uh, is is unparalleled Um, so as such pick up your sticks is something that I think you should definitely check out especially if you're a gamer but even if you're not pick up your sticks is available anywhere podcasts are found so wherever you're listening to the walk show uh, you can listen to pick up your sticks as well as always I hope you have a great week stay up